to all our dear listeners in J. Rich Radio in New York. Here with you, Abraham Barzilai. Today, we're here broadcasting to you uh, the program Haret Anolat. And this is a, a live broadcasting. Today is 26 February um, 2014, and uh, I want to start. Usually, I'm not used to speak about politics here in our radio show, and I'm not going to do that um, even now. But we all know and we all heard about all the difficult things, difficult decisions of the government here in Israel, about all the students of Torah, all the Bnei Yeshiva, all the Talmidei Chachamim, that this is actually something that it never happened since the they built this um, country, this government, and we know that the base of all the existence of Am Israel is the Torah and Limuda Torah. And the Gdolei Israel had a convention um, in the last night, and they spoke about how important they think that we have to keep learning Torah. And of course, obviously, no one of us is going to leave his book of Torah just because of the difficult decision of the government. But there is another point. There is another point. We have to know that this is actually kind of announcement. Announcement of the state of Israel that each one of us who learned Torah and as they go to to the army, IDF they call it, is actually make a crime. He is not going by the law. And this is very huge absurd how we can carry this decision. This Hilul Hashem of decision of a government, official decision, that someone who wants to stay and learn Torah, he is a criminal? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And Dolly Israel in the convention told us that we have to, to gather in, to gather all of Klal Israel, all the Torah care to Jerusalem on Sunday and coming Sunday, to be there and to cry and pray about those decisions. But the deep idea behind it is we against the announcement. State of Israel cannot make an announce that someone who learned to rise a criminal. He's against the law. He's illegal. That's actually this is the, the meaning of those decisions. And I'm calling from here because I just thought about it when I was on my way here to the studio in Israel, and I just thought about it. Perhaps Hashem gave me this microphone to, may, to extend the announcement of the Gdola Israel. They called to everyone who cares about the Torah and about the Tolomdei Torah to be there, even if he is living in New York, 
in Florida, in Los Angeles, doesn't matter. Each one of us have a command from Dolly Israel to be there, to make anything you can, to be there and stand and announce Hashem Hu Elohim, Hashem Hu Elohim, nobody else. Nobody can hurt us, nobody can break us, and nobody can make and announce that Bnei Yeshiva cannot be staying on their standard, on their bench, and continue to learn the Torah. This announce of the government, this is actually illegal announcement. Because, because all the right that we have to be here in this state is just because of the Torah, the Holy Bible. And there it's right down that Hashem promised this land to Abraham Avinu, not to Herzl, not to Benjamin and Eniyahu, and not to know everyone else, to Abraham Avinu. And it means that Hashem promised this land to all who follow Abraham Avinu's way. So each one of us that, who care about the Torah, about the learning of Torah, about the Kiddush Hashem, has to make any effort he can to be there coming Sunday in Jerusalem. This is um, in the beginning of the, this program, but it's not our topic. You're listening to Harayat Anolad, here with you, Abraham Barzilai, and we're actually dealing with Chinuch Yeladim. And you know that actually I'm dedicating um, these programs just for you, dear listeners, so I'm inviting you to make us a call, but not now. Um, I will tell you when you have to call us. Um, just let me to remind you, our phone number is 718-683-5858. Um, in the other hand, if you want to send, a te- to send us text messages with any commands, questions, um, or something like this, you can do it from now. Um, the number is one three four seven nine two seven eighty three ninety eight. I repeat, text messages via one three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. Also, if you want to send us an email, you can do it also from right now via Abraham Education at Gmail dot com. Abraham Education at Gmail dot com. Now I have a dude uh, from the last um, from the last radio show. We spoke about warmth and love, and love, and we explained it. It's very critical concept in our house, and I have a little part to complete the picture uh, that we started in the last uh, program. So I just complete this picture, and then we will speak about another topic. Uh, not less important, and I hope you will be with us and uh, stay with us. Well, I want to go back to Briyat Olam, the day that Hashem created all these words, and I mentioned it in a lot of connections, uh, context, and we spoke about it a lot of times, but I would like to illuminate another corner of this issue. Um, Hashem created Adam Rishon, and the first thing he told him 
is that look at the world that I created for you. And actually, he took him all over the world, and he told him, I want you to see how much I put effort for you, that I want you to enjoy this world. So I made the trees, I made the fruits, I made the sea, I made the fishes, I made everything for you, especially for you. That's why Hashem created only one person in the beginning. So Hashem told Adam HaRishon, in another words, I love you. I really love you. And since then, since Hashem told to Adam HaRishon, I love you, Hashem actually discovered us that He is the creator of all this creation and He, He is the only one can discover us what is the deep needs of our mental, of our soul. And we explained in the last program that the deep need of the person is to feel that someone likes me, someone loves me as I am without any needs to make any change in my behavior, in my life. And it has to be, to be um, the safe asset that I can have in my world. Now, there is something that we call egocentric perception. Egocentric perception, it means that each one of us has his perspective how he sees the world. And it's getting different from one another. But there is some basis that we have something in common, all the human beings, together, at the same needs of the soul, the roots needs. And one of them, the major is, that I am in the center. I am the center of the world. In all the others, um, society just came to serve me, to help me, and not more than that. And it's very, it's very deep in our perception. Let's take, for example, you're sitting now in your car, or you're washing your uh, dishes uh, right now in the kitchen. Or you're walking down the street and you hear, you're listening to our Etanolad. You feel that actually all the world created for you. Rabbi Barzillai, who speaks right now, is especially for you. Yeah, that's right. It, there is uh, uh, much, many people, they also listening to our Etanolad. But Rabbi Barzillai created for me. And this is actually the truth. In your perspective, this is the truth. Hashem created me for you, especially for you. And when you go to the grocery, you don't care about all the others, if they buy or they don't buy. You just, in your perception, deep inside, you're feeling that the salesman 
is for me. The grocery created for me. Our perception is means that I am the center of the world. And everybody else come just to serve me. And it's not untrue. Like the Christian says that this is very bad feelings. You have to break it. No. If Hashem created us as it, that means this is the way of the world. That's the way Hashem wants us. That's why Chazal says, Chayav Adam Lomar Bechol Yom. Bishvili Nivra Haolam. Each one of us must to say every day, the only reason Hashem created this world is for me. Not in Sheshitim Ebereshit. Today, this day, the sunrise, the sun shining just for me. And the acclimate and the atmosphere, everything is balanced just for me. And this is the truth in your perspective. That's what you have to think. That's, what, that's how Hashem wants you to think. Because Hashem wants to express feelings of warmth and love to each one of us. And Hashem actually tells us, You are my only son, and I love you. And I put a lot of efforts for you, and I really love you. And I want, and I want just only your on good and I want to give you all the good of the world you just have to believe it you have to leave it now this is one of the explanations why Hashem made us curious each one of us is very curious let's say that you are walking down the street and you see a comb on a group of people gathering together around something and they're hiding what is in the middle of this, this circle of people. And you walk down the street. You just have plane to go to uh, the grocery in, in King's Highway. But you see in the other walk side a group of people in circle looking at something. You start to be curious. What's going on there? You can see it in Tnebrak. Two people looking at something. In few seconds, it can be a large group gathering. Why? Why Hashem made us so curious? It's because of this point, this perception. Egotentria, call it. I am in the center of the world. I cannot live with the fact when I see a group of people, they have their own life. I'm, done. I'm not interesting them. They don't even know me. And when I see them in a group, I feel, wait a minute, I'm outside. It's against, it's standing contrast in my perception. Am I outside, outside of the circle? No, I have to know what's going on there. 
And when you know, so what? Now you know. There was an ambulance and someone wounded, so what? What have you gained? You know what I am? What am I gaining? Now I feel that I'm part of it. So if I'm part of it, I still stay in the center of the world. This group has something to do with me. So I calm down. It doesn't threat my existence. This is very deep secret. And you can find it in a lot of books of Torah, of Musar. You can find this idea in many, many variations. But we have to know that that's how Hashem created us. I am in the center of the world. And that's how your child sees himself. I am the center of the world. Many parents complain. Finally, I lay them down. I slip them. And now I can sit with my husband for a few minutes at night after all the fights, the world, to make them sleep. And in a second we start to speak between us. Suddenly my child came up from his bed and says, Mommy, I'm scary. I don't want to be alone. What are you talking about? Can I sit nearly? And as usual, we scream at him. Get in your bed. I have no power for you. Can't you give us a few minutes alone to daddy and mommy? Why your child actually came up from his bed? You know why? Because in his perspective, in his perception, he sees his parents that they are actually his world. And this, af- af- this effect is actually since he born until age of 10, maybe 12. And it's very strongly. He sees himself as a part of his parents. He doesn't see himself like an individual person personality. He just sees himself like a part of a group. And when he realizes, when he notices that his parents can speak about something else, they can talk about their own business, and I'm not part of it, it's actually threatening his existence. And if it's threatening his existence, he cannot live with it. So he wants to stand nearby. He doesn't even listen to what you're talking about. He can sit in your side, play with his toy car. That's it. Because he wants to know that I'm part of you. I cannot live with the fact that you have your own life. And parents very cruel at this point because they don't know that. So what is the solution? What you suggest me, Rabbi Barzila? You want me to let him get up? So I should have to let all my children to sit in a couch, and I cannot speak with my husband. Are you seriously? 
I'll give you an idea. Think about it and try it. And then give us a call and tell us how it worked. When he came up, came out of his bed, and he wanted to join you, just tell him, Daddy and Mommy want to speak about you right now. You can see that he's getting a smile. And he deeply needs to be in business. Getting calm. And he will turn, he will make a U-turn to his bed. Maybe it will not work at the first time. It depends how much the damage is already exists. But actually, you have to try it. Just try it. And give us a call how it worked. Well, one more point. Very important. Well, we just explained it. The deep needs of the life is to feel that someone loves me. I'm acceptable as I am. There is some parents, there are some parents, tell to their children, if you behave, I love you. But if you don't behave, if you make problems, if you're going to be a troublemaker, I'm not going to love you. I cannot love you when you behave like that. You have to know this is very, very critical mistake. You know why? Because he has to feel this is, this is his, the most safe thing in his, in, on the world. The asset, the feeling that I'm always beloved. I know. When you're angry with him, you cannot hug him. You cannot smile. I agree. When we're angry with them, we should not expressing feelings of warmth and love. But not hating. Not ignore them. Not, don't do any act. Any action that may be explained by his perception, by his perspective, that you hate him or you don't care about him. This is very critical point, believe me. You don't know how many important things depend at this point. Never say, I don't love you now. I don't like you. Or worse than that, I hate you. Are you crazy? You're out of your mind? This is, this is his bread and water. Some of parents can even imagine to himself that if his sons not behave, he will not serve him dinner. He will not serve him bread and water. It's going to make him to be starving. It's abusing, right? Every one of us agree. What about the What about the feelings? What about 
the deep needs of the soul, it's worsened. We just have to know about it. And I, I, I repeatedly say, every time that I remember it, I will mention it. Each one of us have to learn about Chinuch. We cannot escape and say, I don't know, I just raised them out. Hashem gave me my understanding, and that's what I worked. You can say it. You can say it only if you made all your efforts to learn about this topic. Then, if you made some mistakes, this is not your fault. But you cannot make an excuse. That's how Hashem gave me. This is my mind. This is my opinion. That's how Hashem created me. I just want you to see, I just want to see you in your own business. When we're talking about money, you don't say, that's how Hashem created me. You're looking for any advice to make more money, right? What about your children's life? What about that? Ah, oh, never mind, they will raising up. They will grow up. I'm also grow up without taking care so well. So what? First of all, you have to know the world is definitely different when you was little children to this generation when your child is a little child. Huge difference. This is the different world. Today, the challenges is so, so many challenges. You just let this happen let them grow, whatever. You cannot say that. Well, this is the part that I had to complete from the last program. We can extend it more and more. But you know what? I worth a little bit of information. But I want you to get it deep inside your, high, your heart instead to speak many information, but, you know, after the lecture, you're getting out very confused more than you're getting in in the beginning. So I just ask from Iran to uh, move us to a musical short break, and I invite you, dear listeners, to give us a call right now, 718-683-5858. I repeat, 718-683-5858. Text messages you can keep sending us via 1347-927-8398. If you want to uh, elaborate your questions or comments, you can use the email abrahameducation at gmail.com. We're going to a short musical break, and we'll be right back, Be'ezrat Hashem, with the continue of this lecture. Be'vakashem. Hashem Dima, Meyal, 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 Kol 
Yes, dear listeners, you're listening to her radio channel lad. Here with you, Abraham Barzilai. And I would like to approach um, to the second part um, of this um, program. We spoke a lot about um, the topic of the self-image and how much it may influence um, um, directly impact uh, to our child's behavior. And I would like to extend it because I would like to speak today um, um, to illuminate today another corner of this issue, but I have to make some um, a few words before we start getting into this topic. Um, the self-image means um, that what is the what is the picture that I have about myself? What am I think about myself? Do I think about myself that I am a good person? That I am very quality? I have a very quality personality? If I feel that, like that, it means that I will not even think about making troubles, making uh, disorders of behavior, because if I see myself that I'm very a quality personality, I will not even think about doing something bad. And it depends. It means that each one of us have a different uh, level of self-esteem of his self-image. And Chazal says, even Rashi says in Masechet Sanhedrin, in page Lamed Zayin, 37. That's the point that the Gemara mentions the sentence of Chayav Adam Lomar Bishvili Nivra Olam. Each one of us must say every day that Hashem created all this world only for me. So Rashi explained on the page because when you see yourself that you have very, very great importance, you will not going to do something bad. Because you tell to, you say to yourself, it doesn't suit me. I'm not going to do that things. And this is very critical point. Because if you raise your children and you have the knowledge how to make his self-esteem higher and higher, and you know how to develop his quality level of the personality, actually you set his start point of his life. Which start he's going to begin to make his a promotion in his life. If you always hurt him, you always tell him how much he's not good, he's lazy, you are lazy, you are a liar, always use sarcasm, you have to know that actually your child is internalized these words. 
And during the time, he's starting to feel that he's part of what you would say. If you told me as a parent that in my perspective you are the most authority in the world, and you told me that, that I am lazy or I'm a liar, I'm starting to believe that's what I am. Without even thinking about making change. Because this is what I am. What I am. So today... I would like to speak about to make one step ahead. I mean, up to this point, we always spoke about how to raise our children with the best point of quality for his self-esteem. But now, I would like to explain what actually we can do when actually the damages already happened. Now my child think about himself that he is lazy. Now he's already internalized the fact that he is a liar. How can I change his self-image? How can I change it? And I know that a lot of parents dealing with this issue, they already learn about the damages of the the bad self-image, the negative self-image, and they want to change it to a positive self-image, but how they do that? So, this part of the program is supposed to, to promote the answer about this issue. So let's start from the beginning. I would like to, say, to take... Um, a few examples, few examples about uh, problems of about issues of uh, low self-image and how we can change it. We know that actually we can see that in a lot of teenagers the problem of seclusion. You can see him that he kept to himself. And he doesn't want to speak with anyone. He closed his room. He just want to be alone. He just want to be, just don't want to speak with his parents. Or she wants to get out up to very late hour at night. She just texting with her friends, but she doesn't want to make any contact with his parents. And the only time they make this contact is just regarding the needs to get money. And then the smart father says, if you want me to give you money, I want you to give me attention. What is this? A little children's playing in the ground? What is this? Kids game? This is not a way. And I believe that if there are parents that actually used to do that, they have their own experience that they know that actually it gives nothing. So what we have to do? As I said, the source of the problem, for the example of the seclusion, is because of many times 
It's because of um, the sarcasm of the society. I know about many Bahurei Yeshiva, Yeshiva guys, that the society around them hurts them. It may be because of they are was fat, or maybe they don't know how to speak, or maybe they don't know they they have no you know the the social scale skills. And it's sometimes is making problem in the relationships within them to their friends in the yeshiva or in the school or even high school. And then they're starting to to keep them, themselves out. There is a, a process of seclusion getting started. So the source of the problem is actually um, the interpretation, the explanation that the guy promoted to himself. Why the social, why does my society behave like this for me, to me? Why? And he getting to a wrong conclusion that the problem actually exists in his behavior, or maybe it's something bad in his personality, or maybe there is a very evil source in my personality that makes people to reject me. That's how usually those guys actually see themselves in their perspective. This is one problem. This is one of the examples. I would like to pass to another example with the same source of problem. There is problem of laziness. A lot of parents tell, t- told me, you know my child, he's very lazy. I cannot live with it. You know how many times, how many times I tried to wake him up in the morning? You know how many times he lose, he lost his school bus and I have to drive him to school because I have to go to work. The problem, the issue of laziness, the same problem. Because if the parents always told him, you're lazy, why are you so lazy? When are you going to stop to be so lazy? Always he heard the word lazy repeatedly and repeatedly. Once again and once again. Finally, in the end of this process, he beginning to believe that he's really lazy. This is integral part of his personality. So what do you want from me? How can I change it? You yourself discovered me. This is my personality. This is the definition of mine. So what do you want now? So in your child's perspective, he percepts himself as a kind of people, this kind sort of people, that I belong to this group, which called lazy. I have a problem of laziness. The same source. The same source, seclusion, 
and laziness, the same source. It's depend of the child's perspective. He believes there's something wrong with his personality. I would like to pass to one more example. I meant a few guys that was that they were very, very liars. They didn't skip one chance to make a lie. And it's getting to be like sick. And you ask him why you lie. Even in cases that he has nothing to gain. Why did you lie? When he's getting sick, in most of the cases, maybe in all of the cases, but I didn't check it out, the source of the problem is the self-image. It's meaning, in other words, in my perspective, I convinced that I am a liar and I don't see any reason, any option to make a change. And I'm a desperate fan and I say to myself, if anyway I'm a liar, so let's find out how can I get something from this lies. Because let's say that he convinced himself that the parents think about him that he is a liar. That's the way he sees himself. So let's say that he got an Isayon. Isayon. He has, you know, an option that he thinks twice. Maybe I should lie. Maybe I will tell the truth. You know what the second so that he the trays up in his mind, he thinks, okay, man. So let's say that I will say the truth right now in this case. So what? That's what's gonna make the huge different, the huge change. Now my parents will beginning to look at me and an honest personality. Not at all. So. He doesn't have any desire to make a change because he's already convinced I am a liar. That's how the environment, that's how my society look at me. That's the way they think about me. So even if, even if, I'll, even if I will overcome, I will rise above. And one time, even if I have to, it's cost me. But I will say the truth. So what? That's going to change all the, all the picture? Not at all. So why he will say the truth? And the problem's getting worse and, and worse. And it all depends on his perspective. The explanation of the life. The interpretation. The interpretation. One more and last example. There is many, many, many children with the issue of disobedience. And 
a lot of parents, a lot of parents told me, you know, my child is very rebel. I cannot deal with him. What I, told, what I tell him to do, he actually does the total opposite. How can I deal with it? So most of parents using, using hits. Yeah, I know it's secret. But you know, we are in a very quiet conversation. Nobody, nobody hears us. But they use their hand. They smack him, hit him, because they want to, to solution the huge problem of disobedience. You're not going to be a rebel. I'm going to break you. How many sentences I heard from parents? And you know inside your heart that when you smack him and when you give him a slip, it's just because you want to make yourself come to promote the food of the Eterhore of yours. Each one of us knows it. If, and if there is some one of our listeners that innocently really think that that's the way. So I hope I make very, very huge chidush for him. Not just it doesn't make any change. It makes the situation worsen and worsen. This is not the problem. You don't treat, you don't actually treat the, the source of the problem. In this example of disobedience, this is the same root of problem, the self-image. Many, many times you call him rebel, rebel, rebel. I'm going to break you. So what are you expecting from him right now? You convinced him for all those years that he is a rebel. Now what do you want? Even if he has a chance, and he has a very huge yetzeratov, and he wants to raise above, he wants to overcome. But he, some little voice whisper in his heart, you know, even if you raise above right now, that's going to make the huge change that your parents want you to do. So give it up. You don't have any choice. You don't have have any chance to make a change. So giving up from advance. So look what I took right now. So many major problems. Stubbornness, laziness, liarness, disobedience, seclusion. It's all depending one source. What is your child's perspective about his personality? The listeners, to I will give you this answer in the next hour. Now we finally, actually we finished uh, the first hour of Haret Anulad. Um, I'm inviting you to call us. You can make us a call. Um, 718-683-5858. This is our phone number for you, a local, conversa- a local call, 718-683-5858, or you can keep send us your text messages via 1347 
9278398 now we're going to a small um, uh, musical break and after that i have some very very happy announcement to tell you so stay with us don't go anywhere bevakasha you're listening to jroot radio don't want to miss it. Changed, the musical production by BCA High School and Rabbi Wallerstein collaborates with Malky Ginniger in a star lineup this Motzei Shabbos and Sunday, inviting all women and girls in Shulamis Auditorium this Motzei Shabbos and Sunday. For tickets, call 718-360-1715 or visit benotchayaacademy.org. Bring your friends, grandmothers, sisters, mothers, aunts, and cousins. Don't miss it. For tickets, call 718-360-1715. היום לפניך, גם ברגעים של נפילה, אף פעם אל תתייאש מהתפילה. כי השם איתך שם לידך, כתיים שתלוי בך, הוא לא עוזב, לא מאכזב, אותך תמיד עוזב. כן, השם איתך ועוזר, ואין ענת שלא עובר, יש כל דממה בנשמה, אלוקים כואב. Oh, 
the source, the root of this issue, that actually all these symptoms is just uh, getting out from one root. And the root is uh, the perspective of your child about himself. And, uh, and if we understand um, the, the source of the problem, now we're getting to the solution, how to change it. We call it, the highlight of the solution is reinterpretation. Sorry. Reinterpretation actually says that we have to give, to grant the child another perception of his behavior. Because the problem that he has already convinced himself that he has something bad in his personality. Now, probably the solution has to be reinterpretation. Now, how we make a new reinterpretation to our child? Uh, I want to take in one of the examples that I just told you, um, the problem of laziness. It's very easy to speak about that because it's not a complicated uh, example. And, and uh, I want you to know, um, I will take this example to show how we make reinterpretation, and you can copy it and paste it to all other issues in your own house. Now, I want to read you uh, something um, from article of my one of my my rabbis in Chinuch, uh, and I want to read you something uh, about this uh, specifically point. There were a couple parents. They came for a consultation regarding regarding their. Um, lazy daughter. And after they elaborate and they told the advisor, they told to my rabbi how many proofs that their child, their daughter, is very lazy. Then the rabbi asked them, tell me, do your daughter likes to play? Sure, they answered me. This is the only thing she's really want to do. And when she plays, continues the rabbi, does she do that very fast and very exciting, or is she playing, you know, very lazy? No, what are you thinking about? What are you talking about? She was fully jurors. What are you talking about? She fast. She doesn't have any laziness when she's playing with her brothers. So, say the rabbi, she is not lazy. The parents look at him staring at him, very wondering. Are you kidding? Certainly not, I said. And by the way, could you, play, could you please 
get, uh, prepared to volunteer to clean all our offices here twice times, two times a week. <laughs> they look at me very wondering. I just couldn't imagine what they think about me. But I didn't lose my grip. Yes or not, are you ready to be here volunteers for free, clean up our old offices twice a week? <laughs> sure, no, say the father, a little bit of angry. So the rabbi answered, it means that you also lazy. You don't want to volunteer here two times a week to clean up all our offices? You're lazy. So your little daughter has no any fault because she's suffering from a problem of inherited. What are you talking about, says the parent? This is not a laziness. There is no any reason in the world that we should agree to do that. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, dear parents. When your daughter has no reason to clean up her room, to wash the dishes, or go to make some shopping, this is not a laziness. And the proof is, when she has a good reason, for example, the enjoyment of the playing games, she full with energies. She make it very quick. So what do you mean to say? I mean to say that you should learn how you can create a reason that make her to do something and do it very fast. You have to know how to activate your child and how to encourage your daughter. But you definitely prohibit it to do what you did to decide that she is lazy. Because when you believe that she is lazy, that's how you're designing, actually, her personality. Most, I want to say it very clear and loud, most of the children, they're not lazy. They they full with energies. They're always active. <laughs> and that's why definition of a child as a lazy, in the most Almost all the cases, this is a wrong definition. But sometimes, when your children is getting used to this attention from you, that you as parents look at him, look at them as a lazy, they trying to gain something. They try to get something from this perspective of yours, and through the time, they're beginning to believe this is their personality. So now, you have to go back home, 
And from right now, don't call even one time to your daughter lazy. Just sit with her and tell her, you know what? I got a conclusion that you are the total opposite of laziness. You know why? Because I saw you, how you're planning. How you're running in the playground. I saw you. You're not lazy. And inside your heart, you have to find the ways how to encourage her and how to give her reinterpretation about her behavior. And you have to say it again and again. You're not lazy. You're not lazy. You are the total opposite. You are not lazy. You are diligent. And during the time when you make this brainwashing, you actually succeed to make reinterpretation for your child. We talked about the, the effect of the disobedience. Probably at teenagers you can see that. In a lot of cases, the reason is because the sarcasm of his friends. They always give him, you know, sarcasm. He believed that the problem is because he has something in his personality that makes him, makes people to reject him. But you have to explain him. No, not at all. Sit with your child and tell him. What do you think? According to Torah laws, is this right to make sarcasm to your friend? Even if he's unsmart, he's unfriendly with you, whatever. This is the Torah way. So you have to know that the problem is not exist in your side, in your side, inside your heart. It's not a problem of your personality. This is a problem of your friends. They don't behave during the Torah law. They corrupting their soul. They corrupted their mental. This is their own problem, not yours. This is not problem of yours, not at all. You have very sensitive soul. This is something good. This is not something bad. You are very, very sensitive. It's good. You are very, very soft. This is good. It's not something bad. You are the best. And they are standing below of your, of your position. 
they have problem, not you. And when you make a brainwashing, you say it once, and you say it twice, and you say it three times and four times, and you don't stop with it until you convince him that the problem is not his personality, but his friend's personality. And by the way, this is the truth. This is the pure truth. <coughs> you have to make reinterpretation to your child if you want to build a map and you want to make the very expected change. I got one of the text messages. It's going like this. If we killed the kid's self-esteem for years, now they are adults, early 20 years old, what can I do to establish their self-esteem in our relationship, especially if one parent doesn't understand and don't want to fix his mistakes? Well, I think that the last part of what I just talked about, giving your full answer, you have to try to make a wash brain, not less than that. Brainwash. To make them and to give them reinterpretation. And you have to demonstrate it to make them feel that you really change your mind, it is possible, but not, from my experience at least, not for 100%. But it may do very good change. And if you, if you will be consistent, you can find a way to make so strong brainwash to make reinterpretation and you will succeed with it, I hope. Now, dear listeners, we're going to a musical break. You can keep call us or leave your questions via by Iran via 718-683-5858. I repeat, 718-683-5858. Questions for all over the week. You can send directly to me, abrahameducation at gmail.com. Or you can keep send us your text messages, 347-927-8398. We ask from around to give us some music, and we will be right back. Go ahead.
and it's not our type. We are Hasidim. So how we can deal with that? Because there is a lot of fights around this topic. Thank you. Thank you, too, for the question. And um, I, I can give you um, a little <laughs> extreme solution, but I don't know if you have the courage to do that. But there, I, I want to divide uh, my answer for two parts. Part A, this is the technical problem. How to make a solution for a technical problem? Because until we get into the source and we get a treatment, meanwhile, he wants to wear it. So there is two parts of my answer. The first part is the technical issue, the technical solution, how to make him to get off this idea. But the other part of my answer is, and this is the important um, part, uh, is how to make a real solution. Well, the technical uh, solution is like this. I suggest to the father to tell him, you know what, I want to go with you to clothing store to see what kind of shirt you want to buy. And then I suggest to the father to pretend himself that he is very exciting from this new shirt and he is starting to interesting by the salesman if he has something fit to him. And then tell your child, what do you say? I want to wear also this kind of shirt. I want to go like you. Let's buy together. I know it sounds crazy, but the experience proved us uh, that uh, in a lot of cases it's actually helped that the child says to himself, what? I'm going to, my father is going to be like me? It's old-fashioned. No, I don't want it. So uh, uh, I suggest to you to try it, and most of the chances it will work, but if it doesn't work, you anytime can say, okay, you know what? Uh, I don't think about it. I don't want to, I don't want to buy it. And, you didn't touch it. You didn't make any damage more uh, that you have right now. This is the technical solution. Uh, but the real solution is um, to make him enjoy this way that you want to raise him for. You want it that way, and you have the tradition of how to wearing and what to wearing, and I respected it very much, but there is cases you have to consider what I worth to my child uh, starting to develop hating to all the values that you want to educate him just for this shirt. And sometimes we have to make the consideration, maybe even if it makes us shame to let him go with it, um, but I have to emphasize that, as all my answers during this radio show, this is not specifically answers to your specific question, because I don't know you and you don't know me, and I can't take the responsibility that you are going to do, and just like I said, without letting me know the whole picture. I want to approach to one more text messages.
My son doesn't want to get dressed in the morning. Sometimes I have to force him while he is kicking and screaming as I get him dressed. What would you advise in this situation? Thank you. Thank you, too, for your questions. But you didn't mention uh, how many years old he is. You just write, my son. Well, if you mention that you're addressing him, I suppose this is in a range between four years old, maybe three years old, till five years old. I just guess. Um, I suggest to you to take one week for this project to be very consistent with him. First of all, the first rule is, anyway, after all, every morning you have a lot of fights with him, but after all, there is a deadline that you finish this fight. But the problem is that it's too late in the morning. You hurry up. So I just suggest to you to wake up by yourself half an hour earlier. I know it sounds very primitive uh, solution, but it's very simple. That's what you have to do. Start the fights 30 minutes earlier. That's the first thing you have to do. Now take one week to be very consistent with him. That he should know that in the first time you wake him up, you're not going to move from his bed and you actually force him silently with firmness, but be calm, stay calm. This is the first condition to any educational action. You have to stay calm. Calm yourself down and tell him, Dear son, I'm waiting here. I want you to wake up. And you can hold his hand and you can lift him up from his bed. But don't forget the condition. You have to stay calm. And you have to convince yourself by the truth that you're actually doing what is the best thing for his education. Because you actually viewing at the long term, you want him, when he will be an adult, he will not have fights with himself to wake up early in the morning. So you have to do that, and you have to be very consistent with him. And I believe it will give you uh, the great uh, benefits, but you have to remember the precondition is stay Come, be sure you're doing the right thing for his own good. And start it 30 minutes earlier. I hope this problem will disappear. I want to approach one more text message. I'm a teacher in a school for children with learning disabilities. I see a direct correlation with the success of a child learning and his relationship with parents and his self-esteem. Is there any way a teacher alone, parents are not willing to help, can help these children completely even when at home 
the master that he gets is very different from what we give over. Thank you so much for your beautiful show. Thank you to uh, the listener. Well, I just want you to know and let me to speak with you from heart to heart because I'm also uh, was uh, a teacher for many years and I probably know what you think inside. And let me tell you that I'm very excited to get some questions for teacher that he really cares about the self-esteem of his students. And, you know, unfortunately, it's very uh, rare. I don't see it. Uh, it's very rare to find uh, an educator that he really cares about the personality and the, uh, and the mental abilities of his student and not make all the efforts just for his marks. So, uh, to your question, you have to know that uh, you, as a teacher, has a major job in this case. I mean to say that I know personally, and I know from my friends, a lot of cases that, just like you described right now, that in a house, the environment, the atmosphere was the total opposite. They always, you know, get him down. But one teacher in one year made like a miracle. You can change him from side to side. You couldn't image even, even image how many uh, tools and how many powers you have as a teacher. First of all, remember that you, you have to be honest with him and find his good points in his personality. There is no one of the student you cannot find a lot of things that he is good at it. And then let him know about it. Show him. Express your appreciation. Show him warmth and love. Don't be afraid that he will break your discipline. This is a whole big lie. I know there is many teachers. They always keep the discipline like an iron, like the cup. You know why? Because when someone starting to break the discipline, they actually feel that this guy threatening my position, threatening my job. And this teacher is starting to, to look at him like an enemy. He's threatening me. And they make a lot of disasters that for all those things. There is no kapore for all those things. If you feel that you cannot manage classroom, every talk or whispers of your children, of your uh, students, make you feel thrilling, just leave this work. It's not for you. So I really appreciate your question, and I just want to bless you. Keep going with this way. Keep going with encouragement. Show them how much you, how much you appreciate them. 
show them how much they really important important in your internal internal life and it has to be really part of your personality show them warmth show them love you really work lashem shamayim because in most of cases the parents don't even know how much effort you put in their son and they don't even appreciate it and i wish you luck i would like uh, to ask from iran to um uh to play some music because there is uh, uh, more text messages that i i just want to read it before and to see if it's proper here in this uh, to broadcast it so Iran, please uh, play some sounds and we will be right back. Give 
promise us you'll never leave This is what I ask of here with you, Abraham Barzilai, and this is a live show, and uh, we are going uh, to continue on with your questions uh, that you sent us uh, by the text messages. Let me to remind you our text messages number, 1347-927-8398. Well, uh, we have a question how to separate a 20-month-old child who is very attached to his uh, pacifier. Um, do you believe in removing it cold turkey or a slow approach? Well, sorry to tell you, this is not a problem of education. I'm, uh, you know, an expert for education, but this is not uh, an issue of education. Um, I don't know. You should have to. You should have to ask uh, the experts of the pacifier. I don't know. This is not a problem of. It's not an issue of education. I mean, all the all the secret of education is actually viewing to the long term. What can I fix up right now in my child's behavior? Because I want him. In his future, in the long term, I want him to develop these values. But when we're talking about um, uh, pacifier, I don't think that there is difference if you take uh, uh, some guys 15 years old. Is his personality more... Uh, Develop, de develop it just because uh, his parents removed his pacifier earlier? I don't think so. Anyway, I'm not the expert. I'm not the right expert to, to ask him, so I don't know. Now another question via email. How do you explain to small kids that it is okay to be different and not everyone has uh, to be the same? Well, it's a very general question, and uh, I know that sometimes you can find it that your child wants uh, some trend of uh, clothing, or he wants uh, um, um, to eat with his friends. I don't know what. He wants to be part of his society. Uh, the general rule says 
that you have to you have to keep your child in a level that he will feel good with his friend. It means that um, sometimes you can find families that they have a, a system. They don't want to give money to their child. Okay? This is their best decision. You're not going to change. And it, nothing, it, it has nothing to do with, with the, their child's behavior. They don't give money. This is the system of the house. But now, when your child is 14 years old, 13 years old, and his friends buying something in a grocery when they're walking to the school or when they come back, and then he's starting to feel that he's not like his friends. He's not like his friends. He deprived it. When he feels that he that he is deprived, then he's starting to develop very, very a tendency for money. He wants money. If you ask him, tell me honest, honestly. What is the most important value of the life? He will tell you money. So, despite his parents, or especially because of their willing, they wanted him to stay away from money. They didn't want the money confuse his mind or bothering his limudim studies. That's actually the reason that made the total opposite. Now, he wants to do that. So I don't know if you have to explain him. You should not have to be like all the others and not all the other, not, not all the people is the same. Because I understand from your, um, your whole, all the entire question that the problem actually you pointed out about uh, dressing, clothing. He wants to wear like his friends. So you don't want it because maybe his friends actually dressing brands or it's too expensive for you or you don't want him to to raise with the tendency uh, for brands, for new brands, I know. But you have to make the right consideration. I give you just, just the general lines, but you have to make your consideration. What actually I'm doing inside my heart's child, my child's heart? Do I stay him away? Or maybe I make him closer and closer to tendency, and I just developing um, a desire inside his heart to new brands. We have to be smart at this point. One more question. How do you promote love between siblings that are close in age of six and seven that are always fighting? Well, I call to this solution um, 
consequences. What am I mean? I mean to say that each time your child is your children fighting siblings, you don't have to be uh, like a judgment to make a. You don't have to be the judge to know who is right. And there, is, there are parents starting to make an investigations. No. You don't have to judge any one of them. You just have to explain them. Our home rules says there is no fighting. Now, each time you're fighting, I separate you to different room for five, for five minutes. Five minutes is example. It's not formal. And then they very fast they will learn that it's it's not better it's not they better should not siblings they not fight because they both losing something so it has to be like a consequence I mean each time you're fighting I don't care who is the right. And who is not right? It doesn't. Inter- I don't care about it. You don't know how to behave in a salon. You don't know how to behave in our house. Okay, I separate you. You go there and you go there. There you will not find your brother. So you don't have anyone to fight with. That's actually what you have to do. I promised you very fast. Uh, this uh, and this effect will disappear. Um, well, dear listeners, um, two hours passed very fast, I hope, for you. And um, just let me to remind you my personal phone numbers in case you want to uh, get a consultation or if you want to invite me to lecture in your community uh, in Israel or around the world. Whenever we make, uh, we're actually making also Shabbatonim, very interesting uh, programs we have. Bezat uh, Hashem, when we're closing, when we're getting close to Purim, uh, we will speak, Bezat Hashem, uh, about Purim, about the, the customs, about the Tachposot. Um, I know that uh, a lot of parents have very, very uh, confused this topic. Uh, and let me to invite you since now you can send us your questions uh, about uh, the Tachposot, the customs of Purim, all the questions for Purim. Uh, you can send me for all over the week uh, via Abraham Education at gmail.com. Um, just let me to remind you that we're actually searching for volunteers uh, to open, uh, to branch out, to branch out, uh, to open a new extension in New York of Haraita Nolad, that Be'ezat Hashem will help uh, all the parents uh, which need help. And Be'ezat Hashem, uh, if you have a background of uh, education, or if you want to, if you want to volunteer any skills that you have, or any kind of help that you that you have for us. We'll be glad uh, uh, to accept that. Also via abrahameducation at gmail.com or via text message 347-927-8398. Also, if you want CDs of mine, you can reach Ilana. The phone number is 1-347-893-9994. I repeat, one 
347-893-9994. That's the number of Ilana for inviting me to lecture in the young in your community, or if you want, uh, cities of mind. Also, let me to remind you, we're looking uh, for a new name to the new website of mind. So if you have uh, any suggestion, send us uh, via abrahameducation at gmail.com or via text message 347-927-8398. My personal phone number, you can reach me every night between the hours of 10 p.m. up to 12 midnight Israel time, of course, and uh, 10 minutes past after this radio show. For 30 minutes, I will be available for you. Uh, you can reach me in my house at uh, 972 357 or you can try to reach me on my cell phone, 972. This is Israel area code, 548409669, 10 minutes past uh, of this radio show. Dear listening. Dear, dear listeners, thank you for listening to Hararet Anolad. I was here with you, Abraham Barzilai, and I wish to be with you in the next week at the same time, at the same place, and keep listening to Jairet Radio. Thank you to Iran Jacob. He made an Avodat Kodesh to bring all your questions to my screen and to pass my voice to all your radios. Thank you very much. Keep listening to our Anolad and have a good time.